1: There's a cat over here There's a cat cat over there And the wrong one died And the wrong one died
2: welcome to the Roncat cat died the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe i'm your host mike abrams and today we are changing things up a little bit uh this is a two-part uh podcast this time um and it's a little bit different than what we've done in the past uh part one was with my amazing guest here which we'll get to uh was on their show and then now we're going to do part two on the wrong cat died uh and this is a little bit of a celebration um uh, because i know i have avoided for the most part the disaster of a 2019 cats movie Um, but it is the three year anniversary has just come up. Um, it has now been three years since that movie came out and I was put in touch with these amazing people and their podcast is phenomenal. And so they are in entertainment, musicals, movies, everything in between. And they're the hosts of the incredible Friday night movie podcast. So welcome Shy, Lily, and Becky, a trio of brothers and sisters. Um, and thank you for joining me and for part two of this amazing conversation. It is
1: awesome to be
2: here.
0: That's
2: Thank John, you. The brother. Lovely the to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, i am so excited. It was so super fun to already record part one of this where we talked about a lot of things I don't get to talk about as much on this this show, but White Lotus and things I'm watching on TV and everything else and hear from all of you. Um, but we're going to go now a little. We did some cats in part one, but now we're going to go deep into cats. So the first thing we got to start with is yeah, I your, I saying, King Lee, Are you aware we have not gone deep into cats yet? Yeah, this yet. is we haven't gone deep yet. This is we're going real deep into this in this here.
3: Uh, I am I am on this journey. That's what I will say. I'm
2: and, on yeah, the journey. The, I'm ready. the preface if you haven't heard the first part is Shy and I were put in touch the uh through a mutual friend and Shy is a big cats fan and it's from what I can uh tell lily and becky you are not as much of the big mm-hmm. fans you are fans well, but not nearly we, at the you, level of well,
3: you have okay. left hand. No, nobody like can making, fan they, the way that shy fans, fans. They, they also like, we, like
1: make fun of me like like making fun of me more than they like cats and most other but things.
3: the only way we can properly make fun of him is to know a lot about cats so we can burn him you know so it's uh but you we know, we do
0: we do uh, like unabashedly love the,
3: I mean yeah. Production. I saw it for the for we saw it when we were little kids. We've all seen it many times. Though there's always going to be an affection for cats in my heart.
2: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that first time. I want to hear from each of you the first time you saw the show. How old? When? Where? What's
1: that experience? We were,
0: to, we were together, right? The three we were of all us together. Were together. I was
3: six. Uh, so
1: we summer of ninety one.
3: We've been. Six, eight, and eleven. Eleven. Winter Garden Six, Theater 11. in New York on Broadway, and I mean, I remember what I wore. It was really pretty. Um, but the the most exciting part of that show was when the cats came into the aisles, down the and aisles, they went down the aisles, and they were coming back yeah. and forth. And I, and I guess we had a close enough seat where one of them came up to me and was being a cat with me, and I was petting her, and it was wild. I mean, I, f- I was so fully immersed, and I fully believed that these were real, dancing, human-sized cats. So I, I totally got into yeah. it. Yeah,
0: that I, was it was magical from before it started. And, and I for sure
1: also thought they were real. And other than memory, I hadn't heard a single song. And I remember, first of all, I remember how big it felt. Every time I saw it after that one time at the Winter Garden Theater, I always ask myself, am I older or are they just doing it on a smaller stage? Because it just felt enormous. Like all the garbage, uh, yeah. right and, in
0: the garbage, right, and the set. Shoe. And, and, and,
1: and shoe. we saw the original version drops. Yeah. with the Growl Tiger's Last Stand where the whole stage converts into a boat midway through. And so it felt so big. And the other thing was, I, I as a music lover, I know I love a song when I hear it. And the show ends, and I want to hear it again immediately. And other than memory and maybe once I'd heard Mr. Mistopheles, I hadn't heard any of the other songs. And I have to this day always loved the opener, the prologue, the the Jellicle songs or Jellicle cats because mm-hmm. when they do those, yeah. when they do those windmills the first time. I mean, I guess I might have rewritten history. I, mean, I guess I'm assuming that choreography wasn't the one I saw when I was eleven. But when they do those moves for the first time, and they storm up to the front of the stage after the quiet part in the middle, after the operatic part of the middle, it was so exhilarating. And unlike anything I'd ever seen. And, mm-hmm. and I remember the, the bigness of it all. Mm-hmm. So you saw, okay. So you saw
2: original Broadway. Yep. Yeah. In 91. Mm-hmm. So it's been on mm-hmm. for four or five years at that point. And you are all under the age of 11. I was yeah. 11, 11, 11, sure, I 11 was and 11. under 11 yes. and under. Okay. So, all of the stuff went over your head. Well, oh well, yeah, deep, yeah. Dark well, like the cat the sexual stuff,
0: went and, head. stuff and all the over the all those over. stuff and the entire plot. Like, I don't, yeah. I think that like it was the just, very vague, you know, sort of general idea. of I mean, the I, plot was I, I, somewhat understood, but it was I,
3: dancing I, cats, and one of them got a prize at the end.
1: I, That's I, I can much tell, and I, I can tell Tameter and Bomb Ballerina had some history with McCavity, but like. To the to the to the extent of which my eleven year old mind could imagine what that meant, so it wasn't. And I no knew one was maybe,
3: prepping us for this show. It's not like my parents, our parents' backstory
1: You're like yeah. give backstory and corny details. What
3: we were saying. I mean, maybe you know, it could have been that mom gave us the uh, original poems or something, which are not very well connected to
0: what we, you see. He
1: didn't even tell us T. S. Eliot was an antisemite. No, we had
0: a we had yeah. T. S. Eliot book, <laughs> okay. like we had the book I of the poems. At home, but I don't remember anybody connecting it to the
2: yeah. To and the Grisbell play. is not in that book,
0: right? right yeah, that's exactly. another
2: piece uh, to that. Okay, so I, I love this. You're going. You're going as a family. You're going in with mm-hmm. the the wholesome version. Like kids are going to go see it. It's going to be singing, dancing, and cats, and it's fun.
1: And lots and of and kids I, saw it back I, then.
2: Apparently. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, lots of kids still and, see it.
0: And and I feel like you know, Mr. Mistopheles or like a an eight year old was so and still is. That's my favorite song. That's my favorite oh, scene. Of course, like hands down. Like it was so magical. The whole thing magical. was so magical. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mistopheles. I mean, the outfit, on the everything, everything he's wearing so sparkly. Like yeah. that whole mm-hmm. thing was awesome. unbelievable. I,
2: I love hearing too that you weren't scared during the green eyes is when they come out. That's what it's called because the, their eyes are flashing green through that whole section. Um, that you weren't scared because I know that that is no. as an adult it terrified me because I was not ready for <laughs> it.
3: Um, I it, but, I thought it was the best part.
1: Aren't they just oh, holding flashlights?
2: No, they have. So it's basically like a mask, essentially, or at least oh, it depends oh. on how they did it. And their eyes flash green as they're going through. Um, and they're just kind of going around. And and the idea behind it, it seems, is like the whole point of cats is that you're getting allowed to see their their experience like you're getting brought to to witness this thing and they almost want to ignore you like they don't care that you're there they just know that you're going to be able to see their ritual this year so i think green eyes is the whole point of like here we're going to be kind of coming with you and then we're going to go do our thing and you can watch so it's the start of the show that way oh that's cool
1: Hmm. i I thought
3: it was a fun gimmick to let the little kids pet the human cats it's probably part of it
1: my wife's sister had an alert she's allergic to cats but she got so anxious during that part when she was a kid and she saw it she had a full on allergy attack and had to be removed from <laughs> wow. the show and didn't get to True see the story. Whole show. I <laughs> think it's
0: psychosomatic because there are no actual cats in a the theater yeah
1: you know that's you what I'm know saying. Costumes costumes I, but I'm just validating Mike's point I know of people who have gotten terrified
2: yeah, well, I mean, we had someone in two thousand sixteen got punched by a small child, basically. Who he because <gasps> oh. a lot of time they jump out in your face, like they sometimes they are basically going out there to scare people, not like grossly intentionally, but if you don't know what's coming, and a lot of people don't, then they come from around the corner, they come from out, and then all of a sudden it's because it's dark. This is when the lights go down, and they jump up, and some people's natural uh, right. instinct is to swing.
0: You know, I think Becky like described it perfectly when we saw it it just seemed very like i I don't know if you guys have seen the lion king but Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the lion king those giraffes
1: um, aren't like jumping out to scare you
0: they they come through the aisles and stuff i don't know now with covid but when you're in the theater right they're Mm -hmm. yeah so you're kind of being immersed in this i do think
2: Around the aisle is different than like they get like right up in people's face.
0: So the one that at yeah. least the one that Becky we saw as kids like the way Becky described it seemed just like oh like a cute kitty like wow like, okay. it, it was very respectful and cool and you know was not at all scary because I mm-hmm. would have been and my siblings know this the first one out of there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know they, they, they shut down. They pretended the alien encounter in Disney World was broken I, just because Lily's so they could let me leave. Curb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they for sure pretended there was a malfunction because they had to let, like, they would have gotten sued had they not let. They're like, we have to let this girl out. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we, I, thank God. I guess thankfully the production we saw. We only
1: no waited an entire them. day, and I was so excited for it. And Lily, wrote.
0: I ruined it.
1: Wow, I'm a huge scary so,
3: cat. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: I,
2: I love pretended. it.
1: How so? How many times now have you
2: seen it live? Have you? Have you lost count. I, I, no, I, I think mean,
0: I've only seen it that one time live.
1: And Becky and I flew to LA. i for sure I've seen it time, twice. Right? Okay. okay. It, so I've seen it in the 90s. I saw it once, I think, while I was dating my, like when Allie and I were dating, because when they did the tour after 2016. You're I feel like, think,
0: Allie, if you want to marry me, you yeah. have to come see this show. I feel like,
1: I feel like I, maybe I saw it one other mm-hmm. time. Then I definitely saw 2016 on Broadway with the kids, definitely saw 2016 on Broadway with the kids, and then saw the touring company again with the kids, and then saw the time Becky and I saw it on Costa Mesa. So I've seen it five times.
2: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you outnumbered me here. Five times is more than my two. Um, yeah. Plus and all the, the times you've seen it on
3: TV. Right. Ha- I mean, as a kid, we watched that VHS a right. lot. Yeah.
2: Like the VHS. Did you burn or through a VHS? I know people that have like literally burned through them.
1: I know I have three copies of the DVD and Blu-ray <laughs> from over the because I get worried I'm going to lose it.
2: You have three copies, and you probably you do have a digital version yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, okay. And don't, and, and I could not tell you the hours that were spent listening to
1: the tape. Oh yeah.
3: That soundtrack as kids
0: that and soundtrack, we had, soundtrack
1: was nonstop. we had the broadway soundtrack so we had the full harry right. but didn't we track.
3: also have the we also had the the west end one right
1: well no so we didn't you know how i know we didn't so we had that one and then we had this dd that was just selections from cats and it had the eyes and then it had like this little yeah pattern, and it right. had some greatest hits but i'm pretty sure there's a different memory on there and there's a different jellicle ball on there Because I knew that CD the most. And then when we got the Broadway version, I remember being like, "Eh, the memory sounds a little different. And the Jellicle Ball, the old Jellicle Ball is like very, very long. It's not not just that peppy fast part, which is the one on the selection CD. And then years later, I went into one of my cat's, cat's rabbit holes and I bought the London version. And do you know how I know the London version? We did not grow up have you ever heard the the London version of Mungo Jerry and Rebel Teaser, the one that's in the movie it's, is yeah, oh very bad. different.
2: It's very yeah. different and it was brought back for the 2019 movie. And that was so that, that actually was one of my complaints. a big one of my many complaints in that movie, because I that was the one song when I walked out the first time seeing it that was stuck in my head. That was like pure repetition. They just say their names over and over and over again. They, like, I could not, like, those are the two that I was like, Mungo, Jerry Rumpel, Teaser, I saying that for, like, a week later. And then to have that go and be the one that they just go back to the British version, which
1: is dramatically different. I got to say, the British, hard. that's I would say I'm a big defender of that movie. I love that movie. I have gone on podcasts podcast this. and defended it. Yeah. But I would say that's probably the most grievous choice. Like, CGI, private part removal. Buster Jones, gobbling, lobster and shrimp, whatever. But I
2: love that that's exactly. that's a hot take. That of all the things that are wrong with oh. this movie, your biggest complaint <laughs> is the British Mungo Jerry and Teaser. Yes,
1: <laughs> Or of cats. For when everybody says, oh, it doesn't have a plot, whatever. The songs are great. The music is great. And that is Mungo Jerry and Teaser are they're a crowd pleaser. They're a greatest hit. And they I they just whiffed there. That's a long relevant part of the movie. And instead of the one we grew up with, you get the chimney sweep version, Mongo, Jerry, and Rom.
2: I I I hope you're gonna keep singing throughout this podcast on other oh, parts of this. Oh, I
0: I'm he can for okay, sure. Okay,
2: let's I let's talk sing. a little bit about the the stage musical before we get to the movie, and I do want to spend a lot of time on the movie, so because this is this is gonna be the rarity of like I pretty much only talked about the movie after I saw it when we went like to see it for this show. Um, so stage version now, as adults, as experts, seen it many times, know it. If you were going to go take somebody who's not seen cats, what would you tell them?
1: Oh, like, how oh, would you have prep them for this? I have my answer because Becky and I did it. We took Lons. Yeah, I tell people, think of it like Cirque du Soleil with better songs. That's my pitch. Don't think you're going in to see Hamilton. It's not the same type of show. <laughs> I say it's the most like physically and musically demanding together. Like if you combine those two of anything. But I don't, and 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 I said like if you go into that with that mentality, you're far less judgmental. Then yeah, if you have you're a going, great time. I want to make sure Act Two makes sense.
2: Yeah, I, so I agree with you there that if you if you go in and just appreciate the singing and dancing, it's a very different show than if you try to tie a story together.
1: What yeah. about you, low? Yeah,
3: I haven't really had to preface it for anyone before, but
1: <laughs> you this don't know is an interesting
3: so no but i'm taking my husband it will be his first time <gasps> seeing it
1: i'm gonna be there for that
3: so i think
1: wonder you know what okay so, think of so it.
3: My, my husband Who, works in animation who's like creating, job is childlike wonder his child like his job is creating childlike wonder and he's particularly talented when it comes to drawing animals and the although he's and really good at, at
0: story so this is a and problem he's really good at
3: story <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's his actual job is great stories so I feel like I would tell him, think of it as a study, you know, in, in, in the, in the physical movement of a cat, like you're, you're, you're studying the movement of, of a cat, you're watching, you know, humans and animal forge into one. And uh, and again, similarly to shy, I'd say you're not like don't focus so heavily on getting a story out of it, but enjoy the vignettes. It's really mm. you're there for the vignettes, you're there for the moments where you're learning about each. It's one like a giant
0: introduction, right?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. But I, I, I think
3: I've, I I've yeah. talked about it, and I've said,
0: you know, I I start with saying this is some. This is why I asked how old you were, more or less. Because this is fundamentally from the 80s. Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: this could not have been made in any other era. And it right it premiered in 82. It, right? Mm-hmm. Correct? And, 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 I so, think yeah, 80s. 80s. and I think that that's, A, why we love it so much. We are huge products of the 80s. But also, you know, for... And why children lo- children, you know, love it so much. Because kids love stuff that's, like, goofy and silly. And that's basically the eighties. And so I think that if you come at it and that's probably why I think the movie had so many problems because it's made so far past the eighties.
1: Right. And it, 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 it's so, and, and they didn't make, they didn't lean into the eighties. They
0: so. didn't. I think everybody I mean, just, should have just yeah. been dressed like they were in the show. Like, I don't know why we had to gi- digitize them. It works in the show. Digitalize <laughs> them. Whatever. We'll digitalize digitalize, them. Them. digitalize, them, digitalize them, post.
1: them in post.
0: Yeah, what like the amount of seed They were all digitalized in post. It didn't work. Exactly. And yeah. so I think that, you know, had they gone with a more authentic approach, it would have worked better. But I think it's also why maybe people, you know, you know, from the 2000s can't
1: appreciate it. And right, it's the most, <laughs> a- it is the most 80s show, not as in it's 80s it music, as in, this came out in the 80s 80s people.
0: the hit the, the, pushed, the costuming yeah. the yeah it's just like yeah. to me it's very cemented in that time and that's how i would explain it to someone like um imagine what a broadway musical this is before lion king this is before hamilton like none of this you know classy shit. like let's go to the, yeah. eight, the early 80s a musical about cats. This is exact. You could not ask for anything else. This is exactly what you're signing up for.
2: So Becky, here's what you need to tell your husband.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's going to watch an eighties musical. That is basically a cult. And so if you try to understand how cults are making decisions, it'll drive you crazy because there's not a lot of logic to it. <laughs> and so just enjoy watching the chaos of seeing a cult in their in their element. And that's, that's the way I would. Well,
3: I mean, he, he also really loves things that are very artistic and slightly pretentious. Though if there's a way I could also spin that is that this is really such a form of, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> see a lot of musicals. It's a form of very serious high art and most people mock it because they just don't understand it. That would probably really it work comes, for him too. And I he's like, Oh, things. okay.
2: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I that. mean, if he,
1: Plus, it's,
3: he was living in Russia in the things. '80s, so he he missed all of the fun part of the '80s because he was <laughs> a little boy growing up in Moscow. So uh-huh. this will be, you know, <laughs> his little window into some authentic '80s culture.
1: And and, their, and their, so, in Moscow, their the play that they got was cabbage. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just a bunch of feral cats on a stage eating (laughs) discarded cabbage (laughs) that's that's what it
2: was it's it's just just... a bunch of buster for jones (laughs) there's multiple buster jones okay i want to hear a little bit about like which cats are your favorites um which ones are like that stuck out to you like who do you remember and then who who are the ones like because there are plenty that i bet you have no idea who they even are oh for sure shy Shy is the
0: one that
1: has introduced us
0: there was only one cat, like, and I already mentioned
1: well, I, this. I, I know like a tumble Brutus when I see him, but uh, but
0: like to, to me as a kid, and for very Brutus? many, many, a long time, mm-hmm. there was only one cat that existed, yeah. and that mattered. And that was Mr. Mistopheles. Like that. Okay. I love it. That that I didn't fully under like even care. And then, and then as I got a bit older and learned to play the piano, and like we learned a memory or whatever, then I was like, oh, yeah, you know, memories. That's, that's you know, Isabella. Rum Tum Tugger, I would say, would be a close second because that's just such a memorable
3: number. It's <laughs> like a memorable so scene much scene there's hips a in that. So much there's a lot of thrusting, Rum, t- gyrating. My wife and is a so,
1: thrusting. My wife has requested that this be the last time she ever have to see cats, but she loves the Rum Tum Tugger.
3: Right, like
0: there's just something, <laughs> and I love the way that the song is spoken, like the way it's like you know the mm, rhythm yeah. of the song and stuff like that. So, but yeah, none of. Like oh my god, I wasn't even aware that there were other cats. It didn't yeah. they didn't matter to me? Yeah,
2: Tugger and then McCavity's Bomb and Demeter has I think been sexual awakenings for many people.
1: Really, depending mm. on
2: yeah, oh yeah, for a, a lot of people.
1: My favorites. I mean, I'm going to go with like my child. Like what has stuck with me since the childhood is I've really grown to appreciate many and all of them, but I love Monka Strap. And I love Rum Tum Tugger. And part of it is that they embody a lot of they are the Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, the Leonardo and the Raphael, the Cyclops and the you know Wolverine uh, of of the cat's world, meaning Monka Strap, He's like the nerdier, older brother who has all the responsibility. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And and Rum Tum Tugger is the rule breaky friend, but who also is himself an important leader in the group. Um, and, you know, one of the important like older cats, he plays a you know, he, he so he he's also important. So I, I those two have always been my favorite. And then I'll throw in Bob Ballerina and Demeter. They they really like I would see I would watch like a sequel of the four of them. <laughs> on some yeah, there's a lot of some kind a lot of history with the four of them.
2: So I think that that would be, yeah, you could spin this off for sure.
3: Um, yeah, I would, I mean, I agree with Lily in that Miss mistopheles is just, I mean, he's, he's magical. He, he, and there, no one, there's mistopheles and no one else. I mean, that's really at the top, but, but a- after him, I would say, I love Jenny, Anydots dots. I love her. I get her. She, you know, I identify with her in so many ways, you know, I, I love her song. I love her vibe. So
2: this is, um, it's always a fun question to ask because it was Claire camp who was in the 2016 revival, um, dance captain. Her party trick is, is that she just tries to identify your personality. And I think it's really interesting Uh to hear. Do you pick a cat that is very much you or very much not you. And that's why you picked either or. Um, and I think it's kind of fun because I think that's why the show is people identify with the show so right. much as there's probably one cat that they can identify with <laughs> right. or one cat they would mm-hmm. want to be friends with. And like, there's some, there's enough different types of personalities of to go. So I'm going to give you a tip since I, I think a couple of you will be seeing it in DC in January, the ones that I knew nothing about and I'm fascinated by, and if I do get to go see it as well in DC, I'm going to be watching them. There are twins. Corcopat and Tantomile.
1: sure,
2: and they are going to know everything that's happening before it's happened. So, from what I've been told mm-hmm. from them, oh. is that when a character is going to come on stage, they will turn before knowing that that character is coming. Like they're very psychic in that sense. Cause the they way you say when around. I
0: when I heard from them. <laughs>
2: from
1: people who have played from people who have played i know
0: i I know that now but like
1: (laughs) here though is like i I get so annoyed when people go in and they're like i didn't understand it there's so much there's so much going on and then there's so much that is not spoon-fed to you and and it leaves so much to the imagination but then there are these subtle details like corporate cat and tantamil are foreshadowing things like that's so rad Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so when you go if you can pick them out they'll be together at all times that is something I'm going to be looking for next time I watch. So there's and going
0: to be some. Like, that was like a tip you heard from them, the actual cats. Yep. To, to pay attention for the next time you see it.
2: Well, it's more of just like it's a, it's their, it's their story, like their story when they're on there, like they're, they, they're not, they're singing and dancing in the back, you know, and part of it, but they don't have a song about them. They don't get right. the, like their moment in the the sun for right. that. So they're they're doing this other parts. And then, you know, like tumble Brutus is named that I think because he tumbles. So like he, he's not going to sing much, but he's going to do these like amazing passes and flips and all kinds of stuff. And they're right. generally gymnasts that can do those things. So it's like, they all have these pieces, but then they each also mm-hmm. still have this crazy backstory that they've thought of even for tumble Brutus or uh, especially the twins, like the twins' backstories are they're crazy because they're doing everything in sync. So it is a, a piece where it's like, you aren't fed that, Good luck trying to pull that out if you are just watching it from the audience for one time and probably aren't going to see it again, but it's what makes the show pretty uh, incredible.
1: When I go, and when I've seen it with other people, even though it can be annoying, I do like to point out little details. I didn't know that one, but I'd like to point out little details. I think that makes it fun. Yeah. All right.
2: Let's go to the, uh, actually, before we go to the 2019 movie, I know you you said a little bit about your X-Men theory, but... I have talked like we've done a lot we did it on your show where we compared cats to different shows and different characters. We did White Lotus on your show. I want to hear your Cats X-Men theory. Like how do these combine?
1: Give me so, the whole detail. Okay, so I have always imagined and I actually like really want to work with an artist at some point to like literally like do this. Um but to me the tribe of the cats has always fit beautifully with X-Men. They're they're this Special there's this special group, this special tribe. They're endowed with a certain amount of powers. And then within the tribe there have been splits of which there are villains, but there are villains that are still deeply connected to the tribe. So that's that to me, and now now X-Men is the story of outsiders and all of that. Now that I don't have as much of that, but let's just talk about intra intra X-Men mutant politics. So that's one thing. And the other thing is <laughs> you you have this you have this all knowing person at the top, the teacher, but who's like a little older, a little more sickly. That's Professor X, old Deuteronomy, right? A little bit psychic, all knowing, right? That's that's exactly. Mm-hmm. Then I, I've said it before, Monkestrap is 100% Cyclops. He's the guy who's in charge when Professor X gets taken away. He's the one who has to make the tough decisions. He's a little bit hard on Grizabella early on, but in the end, his heart softens. And when it gets to, when it goes time to throw down and he's got to go fight and, and he's got and the cats have to be protected he's in there sacrificing his body against McCavity um, and I didn't mention Alonzo but I would probably put Alonzo as Colossus or one of the other strong but not particularly high level powers of mutants uh, that would probably be in there because Alonzo engages <laughs> in the fight with McCavity and I just imagine that's like an action scene so oh, cool yeah which villain is McCavity then. So this is this, this is tough for me because I think I think if you're going with the whole tribe story, McCavity is going to be Magneto because Magneto is essentially one of the X-Men, but an extremist, broken version of it. But that's that's a little bit too sympathetic for who McCavity is um, uh, because although Magneto can be a mutant supremacist, he has. He has a certain amount of empathy. He's a Holocaust survivor. He's a Holocaust survivor. He he also has led the X-Men. I don't see that happening with McCavity. So I actually think McCavity is more like Apocalypse, which is a true purist mutant supremacist, or maybe Sebastian Shaw, but Sebastian Shaw just isn't that big of a of, of a villain. Um so he's kind of a mix of of Magneto and Apocalypse to me. I love the thought that you put into this. I, I would be remiss
2: if I didn't call out that the minute you started on this rant, both Lily and Becky both put their hands over their faces as like, oh my yeah. god, again, again. Well, Where What I was I? actually
3: thinking to myself is I've never heard this particular rant but, rant, but and because I've never heard it, I'm thinking to myself, when do you have time to think of these things? Is this yeah. why you don't sleep through the night? Because you no. wake up wondering about the X-Men cats combined but, multiverse.
1: But this one's like, imagine like dad used to make birdhouses. This is just like a little woodworking area in my brain. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And talk There's, about
3: niche. Talk about a niche process right here
1: right now. Well, I have an
2: artist for you who is in D.C. who is a guest on the show uh, who will be able to do it. She, I, so have
1: her, I have her tab open since we first met. Yeah. Alexander Bowman. I have to
2: reach yeah, out. Yeah. She's an incredible artist uh, and a huge Cats fan and has dr- drawn a lot of Cats. And so, like, she's ready to do this. Like, she's... Just got I, her. I have to
0: see the X Men seems to lend itself really well to this. Well
1: and Lily. Other remember, maybe others. Mm-hmm. Re- remember in X-Men First Class when they did the kind of goofy makeup job on Nicholas Holt Beast? And I remember he Lily's review was why did he look like the rum tum tugger?
0: Tugger, he looked like a cat from cats.
1: For okay. sure.
2: We'll be back after this short break.
1: Let's go to
2: the 2019 movie to celebrate, or if we're gonna call it celebration, three years. Three years since this movie came out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When did you see? It? Did you go see it in theaters? Like, what was your experience with? like oh, I, saw, know, it. I saw it. I saw it. I took. I live
0: in Spain, well, this, so it hasn't come out. Yet. This come uh,
3: out. This came out right after. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: still
2: one, not out yet. My so second was born. Yeah, it came out the same way as the Star Wars movie. No,
3: not
0: yeah. only that's did a real I see smart it, I had... publicity strategy.
2: Yeah.
3: Wait. Not only did I see it, I had a newborn that was either only a few days, maximum only a few weeks old, and I believe I left her. Like, I mean, I think she was maybe five days old. Like, when when did it come out exactly? And I believe
2: I December Uh, sixteenth was the first. So she was two weeks old. I
3: think she was she was two weeks old, maybe three weeks by then. And I remember leaving her at home i i don't remember with who my my mom my husband and going with you to see it in the theaters i mean i was very uh out of it at that time but that's that's how important it was to us to see it with a newborn baby at home
1: the first wow. time i saw it the first time yeah. i saw it and i'm just double checking my calendar. i went but the first time i saw it was on the opening week or weekend whenever that was and i i actually i took some Folks from my staff at the place that I worked at the time, because they wanted to see it too, and we left. We left, We just took our blackberries and we or whatever our phones, and we left work early, and we went to go see it. So I actually saw it that week when they had the CGI all wrong, and then I saw it after they fixed it. <laughs> I I'll tell you, I did I couldn't tell the difference. Like I loved it either way, but I definitely couldn't tell the difference between the two versions. I, um, so, yeah, so okay, uh, so you saw the you saw the unfinished and then
2: the finished. Yeah, partially finished. Um, How busy was, I, was your theaters
1: when you saw it? I don't know. It was, this was, first of all, midday, matinee on a Friday or, or something like that. And there, there was maybe 30 people in the theater. There was okay. not a lot of people. I was and, and what was the crowd reaction? Well, the people that were there were mostly Cats fans. There were like, fans. So there was, fans. Yeah, there were people there with, like, ears on and stuff. <laughs> and then the people <laughs> were fans of Cats also. Wasn't like, okay. There was no there weren't a lot of uninitiated. I
2: saw a press recording the unfinished because it was still not fully out yet. Um it was the day after they did like the the premiere premiere where it was like really not finished because uh, he was like working up until he probably put his tux on. And uh I was in a theater full of people that were invited either for press or family and about 10 minutes in Everyone was laughing, and I was like, "This isn't a laughing not, part a good of this laughing. movie. Yeah, not a good thing." So I knew that this was going to be an, an interesting experience to begin with. But I want to hear because you defend it. It seems like more. What? Oh,
0: shy.
3: Yes.
0: How do you defend
2: <laughs> this movie more? Like it, it's pretty.
3: To be clear, I will throw down and defend this movie too. Yeah,
1: yeah. has done okay. it. Because
3: I because I have to. I very adamantly believe that if that it people who enjoy this film who go into it and have a joyful experience maintain their childlike wonder and it's the people who you know are jaded and they're either hating on it or they're be or they're making fun of it in an unloving way because you can you can certainly tease this you know you know troll this movie in a very loving way but people who do it unlovingly they just you know you're just a jaded angry person who remembers none of the sparkle and and enjoyment of imagination and your young child like mind.
1: So, I, I, I agree I with that, very I agree with that completely. Actually. I'll also Thank add, and I'll attack the, and I'm going to attack hard on anyone who wrote a negative <laughs> review about this movie. Okay, We live in a culture where people do knee-jerk things and everyone's defending different people and not defending different people online. But it was like a a, there was like this psychic recognition between all of the cool kids who defend every single person in the world that they were all going to get all their bullying out on this movie and wrote some of the meanest uh, some of the meanest, most not funny, but trying to be quippy. Like it was like reading the Twitter of movie reviews, right? Like, like there's a side of Twitter yeah. that brings out the worst in people. There's also a side of Twitter that, and I'm not making a political comment on the mess that Twitter is right now. but I'm saying, there's a side of Twitter which is a great place to gather fans and and talk about things that you love. And it was like every single person who stood for something good. It was like they had to get something out of their system and see. How can I be nastier and funnier and quippier and more intellectual than the other person who wrote but, a review about this? But was what? By the reviews about this,
3: what movie. really pushed me over the edge? What really pushed James me over Corden? the edge is oh. James Corden. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's what really pissed me off. Because I'm like, listen, man, that a that lot of people off. worked really hard on this. Yeah, it is. And you were paid a lot of money to be in it. Just, and had it gotten like, good reviews. If you don't have, if you no way have, he would have said anything. Right. If it had gotten good reviews, that he, he to be so cool badly kids. wanted to be cool, wanted to really be sitting at the popular off. kid table, that he just needed to get on the bandwagon. And like I said, I'm not saying people shouldn't make fun of it or tease it, but there is a loving way to do it, and there is an unloving way to do it. And like, like the the fact that. This was made and and you
0: know I'll be in the actual movie
1: soon too. By the way, like I will. I have have point for point detail,
0: but like, but like the fact that the like the proportions are so off on this movie is insane to me. Like sometimes (laughs) the cats look like they're human size, and sometimes they look like they're "Honey, I Shrunk the Cat." Like
1: it's
0: (laughs) so (laughs) insane to me that in one same movie,
1: yeah. But do you go to Cirque du Soleil and be like, "My God, that." contortionist is making duck noises they're not really a duck
0: no no agreed at well, no point I, do i believe they're really cats i just feel like
1: planet with the technology
0: on i'm just saying they could have simplified things so much like they could have done a better job that's oh. what i'm saying oh, okay. they could so, have done a better job and it annoys me that they took something so precious to so many people and like shit the bed on the proportions
1: if i I, if i would have made this film i will say i would have made this film differently but i'm going to talk about what i love if i would have made this film i would have shot it realistically and emphasized the and to lily's point now lily's made it i would have used i would have even 80s up the costumes and i would have shot it like a like a kung fu movie i would have shot it like the raid redemption so that People see the incredible physicality that's needed to do this play, and I would have tried to, if possible, even do some live singing because that's part of what blows you away when you see cats. So
0: I think, Les Mis, like the Miz movie, yeah, like like like, like like like
1: like Cooper did with Miz. and so so okay, so we didn't do that. Now let me tell you what I love about this. So first of all, I think that from a story standpoint, this is a huge, um, a a huge improvement. It makes a lot more sense than the original play. You're following this outsider who's dropped in, in Victoria. She has a love ish arc with this guy who's timid, who's finding himself in Mister Mustapha's. Um, uh, the 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 song that's added sometimes the songs that's added for these plays to get like Oscar bait are garbage. Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber did a beautiful job, and beautiful ghosts really does add an emotional punch and a depth and a connection between Grizabella and the tribe so that her redemption makes is a lot better earned (laughs) is a lot better earned. Um, and I I think that you do have some amazing numbers. Lily's like flashing the proportions. I'm, I <laughs> like, no, I'm like just watching just, it right uh, now on my
0: phone as you're talking. I can't, I can't resist. I need to see it. Like it's so insane to me that I need to see it while you talk about it. And,
1: and I think I think Francesca's Hayward, Hayward's performance, Robbie Fairchild's performance, Laurie Anderson, all of the Broadway people in this are amazing. And then I had all Jason of Jason Derulo. Look, and the j- oh, he was pretty good. He was a good tucker. Look um, he
0: dances.
1: Ian McKellen and Judy Dench professionalism. You've never heard them make fun of their. They committed to, play to a her vagina <laughs> in that play, okay? <laughs> and Ian McKellen, okay, freaking Gandalf is licking milk. Richard the Third licking milk from a saucer, right? But they he could under- not
0: hear them being bitches about then, it after. They talk
1: reverentially Jesus. about it, so so I love that. Okay, I also think again. McCavity, uh, I love uh, what's his name as McCavity. Uh, oh God, I love him so much. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. I like his. They they also sprinkle him more through the play as opposed to just saying his name, so you get the <laughs> sense of how menacing is. He's offing cats throughout the play that throughout the story. I think all of those things are are really great. I think the music is still great. I think that I think the mix I've always thought, and Becky, I think you agreed, the mix on Rum Tum Tugger in the film as opposed to the soundtrack is weird. Um
3: oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I remember we talked and, about that.
1: And and there's a few, I would say, I would I would I would say the um Skimble Shanks is phenomenal. That the creativity mm-hmm. they did in on the Skimble Shanks, which is one of the great songs, then to incorporate that dance number, talk about strange proportions. Um, yeah. in there. It was phenomenal so I, I i i would make um you know that's my case for why the movies' a a lot of fun and and I'm not saying it's better than the stage play, but there are certain elements of it that you can look at and say oh they they tried here to do something pretty cool yeah i um first of all, I love
2: the passionate defense uh, of <laughs> of this movie, which I think my like the audience of of this podcast should and will like because I think <laughs> yeah. you've got cats fans listening to this
1: uh, look i'm I'm a fan with them, right? Like it's not, there's no question in my mind. And also I'll say, let's give some love to Taylor Swift. She can do anything she wants. She's about to direct a movie, right? There is a scandal but with her when her tickets, nobody's mad at Taylor Swift. That's yeah. how, that's where she mm-hmm. is in her career as a performer, as a songwriter. And she was just so excited to be a cat. And she was great as Bomb ballerina. She delivers that song beautifully. It, she's befitting of McCavity, And so, you yeah. know, I
2: I will go back actually to how you started this Becky which I think is all the hate is unwarranted on the fact that the movie was made and the criticism that at least that I have and most of what I've heard from again like not the masses who are doing the criticism that you you are you are criticizing mm-hmm. I have like fundamental issues with how he edited this movie and some of the decisions made, well, not that the movie be, was made.
0: Right. It's I think agreed, you should be able agreed. to criticize some insane choices yes. about the film. 100% agree appreciating with that. Cats. It's not the cat's fault. This movie is bad.
2: Yes. Sorry, you got a hundred million dollars but... <laughs> and you got really, really talented people.
0: Right. Like, and I mean, you crazy couldn't talented see, them. like, people.
2: I just think about all the dancers, like you said, you know, Robbie Fairchild and we, um, and, uh, who, who sorry, right name. You had what? the twins. You had the twins that were in it. Um like the famous dancing I forget their name the they have a they're French that the like those two guys were in it. There's so many incredible dancers and I don't think I saw a single thing they did because it was just jump cut after jump cut after jump cut after jump cut over. You're and missing over the and sort of again.
0: ensemble it
2: needed and that's why Shanks worked so well because it was the only time that they zoomed out and you could actually see the choreography. You also have an incredible choreographer and in Andy Blankenbuehler who did, the 2016 revival who did hamilton who did all these other things that did really uh, what i believe is i assume is really amazing choreography but i wasn't able to see most of it so i think if somebody goes into tom hooper's archives and pulls the raw footage you can make a a good movie out of this the more there's a a really good cut
1: better than a butthole cut
2: (sighs) yes there is an edit where you can zoom out and see a lot of the dancing, a lot of the choreography and a lot of stuff that was done. And you got some of the good decisions with the storyline of making Victoria the, you're you're able, cause most people aren't going to be able to see, and they added some like actual spoken lyrics, which is not in the play, um, which is just not done there. So they added that. I like McCavity being the villain. Like there's a lot of decisions there. There was some weird stuff like, everything that Rebel Wilson did was a little strange. Um, I did not, I also didn't like the Mungo Jerry Ripple teaser British version. Yeah, that's the I big thought, one. well, my biggest is actually turning Mistopheles into this shy, nerdy, weird yeah, character. I didn't so like right. Magical, <laughs>
1: magical <laughs> big. Right. Yeah. yeah, I just did, yeah. didn't like that, that didn't one. That sense. Laurie um, Davidson. I keep saying Laurie Anderson. Laurie Anderson, by the way, I just want to be clear. Laurie Anderson was married to Lou Reed. Laurie Davidson is who played Mr. Mistoffelees.
2: So I, I think there is a movie there. I have been surprised at how quickly everybody, including Andrew and Weber, have disassociated themselves from it. Um, they have all taken a step back. And I think they made, as someone who works in marketing and behind the scenes of like this, they made errors all the time. The, the trailer launched the same day Top Gun's trailer launched. Um, and the movie right. launched the same day as the Star Wars movie. So right, you, like, if if you're gonna put a hundred million dollars into a big universal project that is that has that many big names tied to it, like give it its own weekend. Like give it its put it, it up for success. I, right.
1: I, I yeah, I, abso- absolutely absolutely
0: has he made a movie since no, right?
1: Tom <laughs> Uber. I don't I don't know. No, that's don't that's know. your all wheelhouse more than mine. You've you not touched cats since. Mike, you put up a great I love all the meme and comedy stuff you do about the show yeah. because it's it's loving. It's right. It's that what Becky described as it's the loving kind of humor. But there was a great bit about uh, when DC. You, you said like when the DC movies weren't coming out when they when they canned this Batwoman or M- Batgirl movie or something, and then yeah. put up a, a headline that said Tom Hooper says what you can just not release a movie. I thought that was. <laughs> Yeah, so,
0: uh, I remember
2: thanks, texting yeah. that to you. I'm being like, "That's amazing." Thanks to uh, <laughs> to to Alexandra, who um, I, I her and I both write for the Broadway Beat, and that was one of my Broadway Beat stories, which is essentially the Onion for Broadway. It's a satire publication. It's hilarious <laughs> if you. Like, they have some, they have very funny stories. A lot of it goes over my head, though. Like, half the stuff that gets pitched, I'm like, yeah, I don't understand what you, because, like, I didn't do theater growing up, and I know some of the shows now being in New York, but they pitch these things, and I'm like, I don't understand that joke. But, um, I, think but that I think that's great.
0: I think that's great. Yeah. I feel like it's really fresh and awesome to have someone who's not, like, been obsessed with the world of, Musical Completely. theater since they came out of the womb, you know, and to kind of see it with fresh eyes, and to call shows on certain things of being like, wait, but that doesn't make sense.
2: Yes, you know, and that is where I my most recent one for them uh, was. There's a show called Ohio State Murders, a play that just came out about Ohio State Murders. I couldn't tell you what it's about, but my headline joke was is being a Midwest. I went to the University, Big Ten football big 10 is so I was like, uh, it's the Ohio state murders. and So <laughs> I wrote a whole story with football jokes and Midwest jokes about Ohio- the Ohio state murders, uh, that came out a couple of like ago. It's the name of a podcast turned into a musical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. To end us here, let's do some rapid fire. And I want to hear from each of you. You got to answer all these questions. So the first one is, is if you could play a cat for one night in the play, Who would you want to go on as, and why?
1: Okay, I have two: Monka Strap because to be able to sing Jellicle Cats would just be the greatest thing, and then I'd kind of want to be Bomb Ballerina because Cavity's awesome. She's a bombshell. Those are my two. Um,
3: I'm gonna go with Jenny. I'm gonna go with
0: Jenny Anidot.
1: Called Rapid Fire, guys.
3: No, yeah, I know. Just, I'm saying. Don't I'm gonna say I, I, didn't, I didn't. know who's gonna. I'm gonna say Mistopheles because I think he has the sickest dance moves. I mean, yeah. he's got that amazing I, jumps, explosive. The jumps, and I, I just do not feel comfortable. Like it's gonna be so much fun to
1: Imagine if I could that do that. I want to see. I, know, like, I do not do think
0: even even in a, like a fantasy scenario, there's no way. I you I can you tell you I don't want to that
3: role. I don't want to be. I don't want to be Deuteronomy. It just feels like <laughs> such a heavy costume.
2: <laughs> just stand there. Just and just like
3: so across heavy. the
2: stage Wait, the entire time. And you sit time. on stage during intermission.
3: Yeah. You just oh, oh. that's right. And you just sit. Oh no, you even go
0: pee. No way. Forget Absolutely it. Definitely not that one. I would never want to be. I, I like Jenny and it. I feel like the stakes are the stakes are not as high as Mistopheles. Like I can't handle yeah. that kind of stress.
2: Early on, tap number. Get, get mm-hmm. your big stuff out of the way. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly.
2: I love it. Okay. Who are your favorite and least favorite cats from the show? I mean, shy. we know it's Monk for your favorite. So we've clearly
1: can... established that. You know, I, I've always been, I've always, the, the rumpus cat, does that count as a cat? The rumpus yeah, cat. Rumpus got the, it. That, that whole thing has never and, and and even Growl Tigers Last stand, which was full, cool for the majesty, like those just have never done it for me okay. and are a bit I, of a distraction from my the story
3: <laughs> My favorites are in the American version Mungo Jerry and Rumple teaser, because I think they have the Great best answer. names they have the best names yeah. Jerry. the I, name I mean, is- song is Becky. Sha, can you sing a bit of the can song? Start calling
1: your kids.
3: Mungo no, Jerry, please do. I no. always imagine, you no. know, I I own no, so a,
1: oh, a cat. That, but, but, I I have the British yeah. ones. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah,
3: I just think I think they so are bad. so funny. They're such a good team. Their American version of the song is fantastic, and they have the best names. They are my favorite, uh, for sure. I I, I, mean,
1: I know i call your kids Mungo Jerry and Rebel Teaser Becky because they actually I think might be them.
3: <laughs> I guess my least favorite is McCavity, because I don't understand why he's so I'm, mean. Yeah, my okay. cavities. Why is he so
2: evil? Favorite. He's broken every human law.
3: Ugh, every yeah. human law,
2: whatever every that human means. Law. Yeah.
0: So he's definitely, as a kid, he was for sure my least favorite, and
2: obviously my favorite is Mr. Mistopheles. Okay. <laughs> favorite song in the show.
1: Mr. Yeah, it doesn't have to be prologue. Mr. 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 Opener. Mr. Okay.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Angelical, like I've sung to myself both of those too many times yeah
3: maybe jellicle maybe jellicle, jellicle probably, probably like that it's one the you just, yeah the opener. You just, the opener the opener, is is the the opener yeah. even
0: beats Mistopheles because you just like when you hear that music you cannot help but get excited. Don't you kind
3: of you want to do pirouettes around your living room yeah. if you're, <laughs> it's so good so jazzy
1: I Just keep For the naming of cats, though. The naming of cats. Dogs. Okay. That's not a very common answer, it's actually. not a dog. Uh, I mean, Heavenside Lair into naming of cats is like, that's your yeah. night's swimming, find the river. Right, it's going
0: to, like, deep cut you with yeah. you know, that
1: kind
2: of stuff. So we... I, I, we didn't get into this podcast or even last time, but I've listened to your show a lot and I know you all are very good cooks and you talk about cooking a lot. So, which <laughs> cat do you think would be the best cook? Jenny Annie does. Jenny does. Jenny, Jenny Annie, Annie does. Eater, and
3: that's because- I think she's
0: like going to order you the best takeout. I don't know if she's going to make you the best food because she's kind of lazy. It's mm, a good call. But she, she's going to be the best ordering at a restaurant. No, but she's
3: going to have the best standards of what. She's willing She's not going to so eat.
0: Who is she going to choose food. to cook from her?
3: Not a skimble shanks. You think he's eating well on the railroad? I don't think yeah. so. <laughs>
1: no, 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 he's <laughs> eating airplane food. I'm, I'm with you, Jenny Annie. Exactly.
3: Dots. It's got to be Jenny Annie. Does?
1: I think it's jelly. I think it's Joy lorem
2: I think she's the caretaker.
0: See? Okay. Jenny Annie's going to her.
2: Yeah.
3: For a good Pals? meal. Okay. For a good
2: Or meal. bust for Jones, because he's just but I think he's on the eating side too. No. Yeah, he uh, he yeah he's, on he's on he has, the eating side. He has other people. people. Okay. So we talked a little bit about this in, in part one, but I have argued not for Grisabella to be the jolical choice. And so I want to hear your defense for Grisabella or who you're going to send to the heavyside layer and what? We'll... Grizabella.
1: beautiful I, ghost. I, That's my defense.
0: I'm I'm defending Or like I said, I just feel like I get, I just, there's this sort of, I love the misdirect. I love the like, oh, wait, is it really going to be her? And like, she really didn't believe it was going to be her. And I like the sort of coming back from being ostracized. Um, She looks so dirty. Like I really, again, I emphasize that I feel like she is the one that really needs to just be like going to the groomer and the heavy side layer, getting her hair done. In a bath relaxing and just you know enjoying watching everybody from above
2: I, okay. I love that you have the being use, like a salon Like, yeah, we're going to go like up there like, get pampered cat and, spa in the sky. and <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I'm going to send Gimbal Shanks because Hot Take I don't like his song I don't think he brings much to the table and I'm fine with him moving on to the next <laughs> realm I don't need to hear him next year. So it's like a punish- that You're seeing the heavy song. as saga. more of a punishment. No, I don't see it as a punishment. Fine, he gets the reward, but he I'm just also rewarding. just doesn't want to see
1: him in season two. I'm he's also
3: going- rewarding <laughs> okay. everyone in. See, the thing about if you send Gus, people are going to be really sad because he's so beloved, right? Um, but I think Shanks, no one's going to miss him. Go. Take your little railroad you know, outfit with your buttons, with your shiny buttons and your mediocre song and get out of here. That's that's what I think. I don't want to hear it again next year at the Jellicle Ball.
2: This is going to be a hot take, um, <laughs> yeah. and I can tell you that, because I called Skimble the weird uncle, and I got yeah. a lot of criticism for calling him the weird uncle. Everyone's was like, oh, he's the fun great! Everyone loves this song. Tricky, they're, com- but,
0: they're coming for you.
2: But my, my. At uh,
0: FNM sisters yeah, yeah. Instagram.
2: <laughs> my animosity for skimble stems from when the first time I saw it, and they make the train on stage, whoever and it's not Skimmelshanks, but i associated this with the song whoever points the light into the crowd pointed it like it was like i'm gonna hit you and pointed it right at me uh-huh. and i was like blinded uh-huh. by it and so i was uh-huh. like i don't like Annoyed. this cat. i don't like that um and i've grown to like him now much more because it is a fun song um it's like a very upbeat i've been trying to get it into like a bunch of other things i think it's uh there's a lot of other parts to the, that whole thing that's kind of strange but it is pretty cool to watch them build a a whole train on stage too is pretty cool, but yeah, you're gonna. I get... won't.
3: I, I I won't disagree. But that you're saying that that, I, that so is wait, cool. So wait, I, maybe who, I'm thinking of. I agree that that's a very cool aspect of it, but nothing in the movie version makes me want yeah, 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 to keep Skimbleshanks around for okay. another Jellicle ball. Um. So you're it. choosing yeah. Skimble Shanks, No. Yeah, I'm you sending choose?
0: him. No, but okay, but Mike hasn't said who he's sending.
2: I am gonna send I think for this episode today, I'm gonna send actually let me think about this from the movie angle. So okay, in the movie angle, great. I think it's hard to to argue Gus because he doesn't like he kind of plays more of the like I'm in there. Right. I, I think the movie version Ooh, you know, they, they do write it with a lot more story for Grisabella. I like the let's get Skimbles movie version out of here. Um I think in the movie version is the editor this... of the movie? They... Yeah, I the edit Yeah, Tom Hooper. We're gonna send Tom Hooper out. Um, I'm going to get rid of Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser because. I need oh. them to go up to the heavy side layer to, to become Americanized and back. It's come back. comeback.
0: Be reincarnated <laughs> the, and to come back with the better. Come song. back with the better. Version. <laughs> that's great. That's or Mustaf,
2: or, or Like I need to send Mustapha's up to go get his magic back or something. Like right. I need, like, yeah. Those are the two. I want I to send the ones. A, a, that, like, yeah, I think
0: that me. was a very weird choice. Yeah, with Mustapha's, it's a very good point.
2: So that's who I'm taking. Um, okay, this has been amazing. How can uh, I? One is how can people stay in touch with you, find your podcast, and then two, I know you're up uh for an award and i want people to vote for you so how can they do that Two, too? Awards. Oh,
1: two awards. awards Two for one with the answer at Friday night movie at fri movie on instagram and there in the link in bio you can go vote for us we are nominated for two signal awards uh, um overwhelmingly amazingly we are our limited series that we did on lily's infertility journey um doesn't have much to do with tv but... in a in a limited series and in, in the category it's just us and conan o'brien so if you go and you vote for us you're really you're really helping the the little indie podcasts out there make it making a statement for indie podcasts and then we're also um uh in uh in another category with a whole bunch of other podcasts for best buddy hosts and um uh we're losing a lot in that one to a i can't repeat <laughs> the name of the podcast that's Beating us, not because of. Uh, I don't know what your profanity rules here, so we're, we're losing uh, whatever you want. It's a the show we're about an exactly right now to a podcast called Fuckface. So, we, wow. <laughs> which makes okay. me feel
0: bad about myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they're. I mean, they must be awesome. But we are wow. um, And must so yeah, be. and then you can follow me at Pancake and the Number Four Table on Instagram, and Lily and Becky. Where can people follow you?
0: At FNM Sisters on Instagram.
2: Amazing. Yep. And you're anywhere you can get podcasts, right? Anywhere you can, you can right? get podcasts. All partners. the podcast places. All the podcasts. Yeah. And yep. if you go to the episode before it will be part one and these two conversations work well together. So if you listen to this, go back and listen to part one as well and all the other amazing episodes that you've done. It is I'm a fan and listener and love your show. And so it's super fun to have you on. So thank you again.
1: Thank, thank you so you for much for having
0: That's us. Awesome. It was super, you. super fun.
2: And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Died, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDied.com.